It's time for another episode of Gospel Preaching Live, brought to you by the Kearney Church of Christ, which meets at 406 North Clark in Kearney, Missouri. Make plans to come out and visit the brethren who look forward to seeing you. And now the host of Gospel Preaching Live, Richard Dodson. Welcome to Gospel Preaching Live. My name is Richard Dodson. I work as a minister with the Kearney, Missouri Church of Christ, and if you're ever in the area, we'd love to have you. And we're going to give you a chance to come meet with us, a more formal invitation, I should say, at the close of this lesson. Gospel Preaching Live is aired on KPGZ Radio, as well as some other means. There's a uh, Facebook, YouTube, and uh, various uh, podcast formats like Spotify and, and Apple and various things. And I try to bring you a couple of lessons each week. Now, it may be that you have some concerns about something I might say, and that's just all well said and good. If you're watching on Facebook and YouTube, you can leave a comment in the comment section, and I will try to address that. However, you may not be watching on Facebook or YouTube. You may be listening, for instance, by the radio show. You can reach out to me by dialing 816-686-9517. That's 816-686-9517. Just keep in mind I'm in the central time zone. Or if you choose, you can email me at gospelpreachinglive at gmail.com. That's gospelpreachinglive at gmail.com. And again, if you have any concerns or if you have a suggestion, uh, whatever it may be, love to hear from you. I always love to hear from those who are listening to these lessons that we put out. And help us, if you agree with the message, uh, tell your friends, share it, like it on Facebook and YouTube, but help us to put this message out so that other people can benefit from that. Today, I'd like to talk to you about the nature of sin. Sin, for many of us, we forget, just because it is a, a spiritual disease, for lack of a better word, We don't look upon it as being as dangerous as we might something of a a medical disease like like cancer and and, and various diseases of that sort that that actually are are very serious. Uh, They do uh, many times, as we know, in people's lives. And so it's something that we need to be very concerned about. But because sin is spiritual, then we can't see it. We can't feel it. Uh, Many times, you know, we see the effects of it, but we can't actually, um, you know, you you can't actually see pictures of sin. Like you can see uh, cancer. They got slides of cancer that doctors have taken from various parts of the body, and and you can actually see these things. You can't do that with with sin. And so we understand then uh, from 1 John 3, 4, that sin is a transgression of God's law. Uh, that's the King James version of it, but all it means is you broke God's rules. And so that's what sin is, but there's more to it than that because there is there, there are serious consequences to sin. And if we really understood the nature of sin, I think we would fear sin more than we would some of these uh, medical ailments that take away our physical life. Now, you may be saying to yourself, how could we fear something more than something of a a dangerous disease? 
Well, because that dangerous disease can kill you in this life, yes. And that is something to be concerned about. But sin can put you in, in hell. And that's an eternal situation. That is a very scary thing. It separates you from God. And so with that, it's important for us to understand the nature of sin and to constantly be reading our Bibles about it so that we can reinforce this. Because again, it's it's not something per se that we can see. Um, you know, we, you can see someone's sin, yes, but the, the very acts that are that are taking place within our body, uh, uh, I say within our souls, that uh, cause us to become addicted and, th- and get into deeper and deeper uh, states, we, we don't necessarily see that. And because of that, we turn a blind eye many times to sin. We just don't think it's that important. And I may not be choosing my words well, And uh, I pray, though, that I've been able to convey that point. But whether I have or not, I think the points that we have in the lesson are going to be able to convey that even better than me. Now, I want you to look at Luke chapter 12 and verse 15 through 21. There was a man that Jesus referred to who was caught up in covetousness. And we understand that covetousness is a sin. Look at Luke chapter 12. And verse 15 through 21, and notice how Jesus sets up this this, uh, parable. He said, take care and be on your guard against all covetousness, for one's life does not consist in the abundance of his possessions. And we understand that there is a real danger for a man who wants to attain as much as he can possibly attain, because he likes having, and he likes having the security that comes from having either money or things or whatnot. And so Jesus goes on to share a story about such a man. He goes on and says, he told them a parable saying, the land of a rich man produced plentifully. And he thought to himself, what shall I do for I have nowhere to store my crops? And he said, I will do this. I will tear down my barns and build larger ones. And there I will store all my grain and my goods. And I will say to my soul, so, You have ample goods laid up for many years. Relax, eat, drink, be merry. But God said to him, fool, this night your soul is required of you, and the things you prepared, whose will they be? And so is the one who lays up treasure for himself and is not rich toward God. And so the point being of the story is this man was more concerned about preparing things for himself than for serving the Lord and laying up treasure in heaven. And so that's, in essence, is what covetousness is, is when you uh, prize something, uh, it's like idol worshiping, when you prize something above God. And, And that's what this man was doing. He wanted to take care of his future. Instead of relying upon God to take care of his future, he wanted to rely upon himself. And so that's what he did. He built bigger barns. He had more food. He put it all in there. And then he made the determination, now I'm I'm secure. I have my money. And that's when the Lord said, you're in in trouble. You, this very night, are going to, uh, you're going to pass away and your soul is going to be required. And so, you know, he was going to lose all he had to whoever inherited his things. 
And so once he gets to where he's going, guess what? You can't take it with you. But he based his whole life upon covetousness instead of basing his life upon serving God. You see, he missed the point of life itself. We're here to serve God and praise his name. That's the whole purpose of our life. And when we miss that point, when we start looking to serve ourselves, that's when we're guilty of covetousness. And that's what this man was doing. And it's a most unfortunate story, but you can see how that sin, that mindset that led him into covetousness kept progressing and becoming, you know, he just got more and more deep into it. Now, we have some other examples. Uh, There's one that I want, a passage that I really want to bring to your attention in Proverbs chapter 6 and verse 27 through 29. And, And that's when the writer says, can a man carry fire next to his chest and his clothes not be burned? And so basically the point of this passage is that you cannot, uh, you can't play with sin and not get bit by it, okay? You can't carry fire next to your chest and thinking that's not going to burn you. You can't, you know, you can't play with fire and thinking it's not going to hurt you. You can't play with sin and thinking that that's not going, you know, that there's not going to be consequences of it. There is going to be consequences to it. And that's what we have to understand about sin. It, you can't play with it. It's a very dangerous thing. Now, when we're talking about a progression, one of the best passages I think we can go to to show a progression of sin is in James chapter 3 and verse 5. Now, you would think that a whisper is something that's very soft, something that someone says, and you would think that, that you know, what harm can that be? But look at Proverbs 16 and verse 28, when it says a whisperer separates close friends. And I want you to think about that. If you gossip about a close friend of yours, and then it gets back to your close friend, that little whisper that you made can separate you and your friend. It can cause a division. And that's why James 3, 5 says the tongue is a small member Yet it boasts of great things, how great a force is set ablaze by such a small fire. All because we say something, just one thing, it can cause something to get worse and worse. We have to be very careful of that because the end result of sin, as it keeps progressing, uh, Romans 6.23 says the wages of sin is death, meaning uh, you're going to lose your soul on the day of judgment. And so we have to be very careful about how far uh, we we get into sin because sin can consume us if we're not careful. And we have a good example of that. This is our first point of the evening. When we're talking about the nature of sin, we find out that sin takes you farther than you wanted to go. That's our first point. And I think our, our the best example that I can think of of this is is uh, David and Bathsheba. That story takes place in 2 Samuel. And if you remember, uh, David was walking on the balcony of his palace when he saw Bathsheba taking a bath. And obviously he he liked what she saw. She was a beautiful woman. And he obviously lusted for her to the point where he brought her into his palace and they committed adultery. 
And so right away, you see what takes place. He's he When he's seen her, he should have looked away. He didn't. And then obviously he, he lusted for her because he had her come to the palace. And then they had sexual relations. She's married to a man, the Uriah the Hittite, the Bible identifies. So now it's adultery. And so we can see then that David's getting caught up in sin, and it's getting worse and worse. It's not just lust now. It's actually ad adultery. And, and now we're going to find out it gets even deeper because she gets pregnant with David's child. And David starts thinking, oh, this isn't good. How am I going to hide this? So he calls Uriah the Hittite, who is one of his loyal soldiers. <laughs> he calls him back from the front lines. And, you know, basically says, you know, go, go be with your wife tonight. Well, he doesn't do that. He, he decides there's no way he's going to go be with his wife and enjoy the uh, pleasures of, of, uh, of being married with his, with his wife when his fellow soldiers are, are fighting on the front lines. And so David decides, okay, that didn't work. We're going to get him drunk. And so they get him drunk. Well, that still couldn't break his will. He wasn't going to go into her. So finally, David's like, all right, this isn't good. Uh, he's, he's now, you know, he's already committed adultery and, and now he's, you know, obviously he's, he's trying to lie about it and, uh, he's, he's not treating Uriah, right? That's, that's another sin. But then he sends Uriah back to the front lines with orders to his commanding officer. The orders are to put, uh, Uriah at the front of the line and then pull back and let him be killed. And so that's what the commanding officer did. Uriah, you know, they pull back, Uriah gets killed. So now Uriah is dead. Now we got murder. And so David takes Bathsheba in to be his wife. So now it's like everything's fixed, right? He's, he's been able to clear his name. The only problem is the Lord's been watching the whole time. And the Lord sends his prophet Nathan to him. And he tells him a story about a man who had a little lamb who loved that little lamb like it's his own child. And there was a, a man who had goats and sheep next door, who, and he had a visitor, but he didn't want to sacrifice one of his animals to feed his visitor. So he went and got this man's little lamb, and he used that for supper. Now, when David heard that story, uh, when Nathan told him this, and we read this in verse 5 through 7, it says, David's anger was greatly kindled against the man. And he said to Nathan, as the Lord lives, the man who has done this deserves to die, and he shall restore the lamb fourfold because he did this thing and because he had no pity. And Nathan said to David, you are the man. Meaning that whole story was to, uh, be, you know, it was to be comparable with the way he handled Uriah the Hittite and, uh, and how Uriah lost his life. And so we see then, and it's just a good story to show you that it just started off so easy. It started off with lust, which is a sin. And nobody even had to know he did that. But, you know, he, he could have he repented from it at that point, but he kept acting upon it. And that led to another temptation and another temptation and another temptation until he was finally found himself guilty of murder, all because it started with lust. That's it. And that is a sad story. But that's what sin does. 
Sin will grab a hold of you and it'll keep you longer than you want to be there. 2 Timothy 2, 16 and 17 says, avoid irreverent babble or it will lead people into more and more ungodliness and their talk will spread like gangrene. You see, they, 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 they get worse and worse. Avoid irreverent babble. He's talking about sin. And he goes, it's going to get worse. It's going to be more and more ungodliness. 2 Timothy 3, 12 and 13 says, Indeed, all who desire to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted, while evil people and impostors will go on from bad to worse, deceiving and being deceived. You see the progression that takes place from bad to worse? It just keeps happening. And so when we're thinking about sin, we have to understand part of the nature of sin is once you've sinned, it's not going to let go of you really easy. It's going to try to keep you longer than you want to stay. And that is a very sinful thing. And that leads us to our next point. It keeps you longer than you want it to stay. None of us want to stay in sin. We all want to be purified so that we can be with Jesus when he comes again. 2 Timothy 4 and verse 10 talks about a man named Demas. Now, Demas was one who actually was a fellow worker with the Apostle Paul. We read about this in Philemon and verse 24 and Colossians 4 and verse 14. In fact, he had gone to Thessalonica with the Apostle Paul. And Thessalonica was a town back during the time with Paul. It was a port city, and it also had two major roads coming through it. And so it was a, it was a good-sized city. There was many things there uh, for someone to get caught up in. You know, you've heard the expression how it's hard to get the, uh, 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 the young boys back on the farm once they've seen the lights of the big city. Well, that's what happened for Demas. He, he saw the lights of the big city. And then later on, after they left Thessalonica, in 2 Timothy 4.10, it says, Demas, in love with this present world, has deserted me, Paul said, and gone to Thessalonica. That's what happens. And he got lured, and he went back to stay in it. And that's, that's a dangerous thing. Paul went there to preach the gospel, and Demas went back to be a partaker in it. And we got to be very careful about that. You know, Judas was one also who got caught up in sin, and it kept him longer than he wanted to stay. He just wanted to sell Jesus for 30 pieces of silver. He never, it, it's apparent, he never intended to see for Jesus to have to lose his life over it. Uh, he was just coveting, you could say. But notice what's said about Judas in, in Matthew chapter 27 and verse 3. It says, when Judas, his betrayer, saw that Jesus was condemned, he changed his mind about the 30 pieces of silver. He changed his mind after he was condemned. And he brought back the 30 pieces of silver to the chief priests and the elders, saying, I have sinned by betraying innocent blood. And they said, what is that to us? See to it yourself. And throwing down the pieces of silver into the temple, he departed, and he went and hanged himself. You see, sin kept him longer than he really wanted to stay. He just wanted the 30 pieces of silver. He didn't want to see Jesus condemned. But 
sin has, you know, it, sin always results in death. And so his sin was going to lead to the death of Jesus, who was his friend. But yet, notice, he he didn't want to have any part of that money after he found out Jesus was condemned. But even with that, he could have repented. We've seen Peter uh, on that night when he denied Jesus three times. He obviously repented. But Jesus didn't, Judas didn't do that. He went out and hanged himself. And so you can see that sin got a hold of him, and it kept him. And so, again, we're looking at a couple of points showing the nature of sin. Sin takes you farther than you wanted to go. That's obviously with what we see with Judas. And then it keeps you longer than you wanted to stay. And with poor Judas, you know, he obviously would lose his soul. But then the final thing that I want to bring up, this is our final point of the, the day, is sin costs you more than you intended to pay. Now think about that. It's cost you more than you intended to pay. Moses is a good example of this. Moses had been arguing uh, with the Israelites. They were a stiff-necked people. The Lord himself said that in Exodus 32. And, and he actually wanted to, to do away with all of them and start all over with Moses and make Moses a great nation. But Moses had come to the defense of the Israelites. And so Moses had been leading them through the wilderness, and there'd been times, you know, when they were angry about something, uh, wanting to go back to Egypt. There was times they uh, were wanting food, and the Lord supplied the wafers. And then, of course, there was times they wanted water. And the first time they wanted water, uh, Moses was told to strike the rock, and the water would give forth water, and that's exactly what happened. The next time it happened, Moses' anger was, it was, uh, he was losing his patience with the Israelites. And so the Lord told him to uh, ask the rock for water, but he was mad. He struck the rock. And it did bring forth water, but the Lord was very angry with Moses. And he told Moses that he wasn't going to let him enter the promised land. And we read this in Psalms 106 and, and verse 32 and 33. It's based on Numbers 20, 10 through 11. It says, they angered him at the waters of Meribah, that's Moses, and it went ill with Moses on their account, for they made his spirit bitter, and he spoke rashly with his lips. How many people speak rashly in anger? Well, that's exactly what happened to Moses, but there was consequences to that. And so he, on more than one occasion, went to the Lord and asked him to reconsider the sense that he really wanted to go to the promised land and see it. He'd heard of it was a land flowing with milk and honey, and, and he wanted to see this. And in Deuteronomy 3, verse 23 through 27, Moses talks about uh, this last time that he pleaded. And, and he says, I pleaded with the Lord at that time, saying, Oh, Lord God, you have only begun to show your servant your greatness and your mighty hand. For what God is there in heaven and on earth who can do such works and mighty acts as yours? Please let me go over and see the good land beyond the Jordan, that good hill country, and Lebanon. But the Lord was angry with me because of you and would not listen to me. And the Lord said to me, enough from you. He said, do not speak to me of this matter again. Go up to the top of Mount Pisgah and lift up your eyes westward and northward and southward and eastward, and look at it with your eyes, for you shall not go over this Jordan. 
And what he's talking about is on top of Mount Nebo. And that's where he, he died. He went up on top of Mount Nebo and he was able to look over from the top of Mount Nebo across the Jordan River and see the promised land. He wasn't allowed to go in. And all because he spoke rashly because he was upset with the Israelites. He lost his patience. He'd sinned. And, you know, it's got consequences. It, it put Moses in a situation where he, he didn't want to be. And what a sad thing to think that he didn't get to enter into the promised land. In Matthew chapter 13 and verses 41 through 42, we have this that Jesus says about the coming uh, day of the Lord. It says, the Son of Man will send his angels and they will gather out of his kingdom all causes of sin and lawbreakers and throw them into the fiery furnace in that place where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Now see what sin does there? That's going to be the end result of sin. And so we understand while there's consequences to Moses not entering the promised land, there's going to be consequences to us if we sin and do not repent and get ourselves out of, out of sin, uh, or let Jesus get us out of sin, I should say, then we're going to find out it's going to cost us more than we intended to pay, and that'll be our soul in hell. And what a sad thing. We won't get to enter into our promised land, which is to be with Jesus forever. That's our promised land. And if the Lord's going to keep Moses out for sin, he'll keep us out too. And so we have to learn that lesson and pay heed to it. Okay, that's your lesson. I hope it's been beneficial to you, and I hope you'll think more about sin and that you'll think about how real it is. And the next time you feel tempted, you'll say to yourself, this is not someplace I want to go because I can't, uh, I can't deal with the consequences of sin. Hey, if you're ever in Kearney, Missouri, come visit us. We uh, meet at 9.30 Sunday mornings, 10.30 for worship, uh, 9.30 for Bible study, 10.30 for worship. And we gather at 406 North Clark. And again, you can learn about the church by going to carneychurch.com. You can learn everything you need to know. You can find directions. You can find a phone number. Whatever it is you need, you'll find there. And uh, we would sure love to have you. This lesson, as well as other lessons uh, like it, are broadcast on KPGZ 102.7 FM every Sunday morning at 8 a.m. Now, if you like hearing these kind of lessons and you want to hear more like these, all you got to do is listen in Kearney uh, at 8 a.m. to KPGZ, or you can go to and download their, their app, uh, the KPGZ app, and it doesn't matter where you are in the world, you'll be able to listen to it. Uh, they do stream their signal, and I would highly recommend that. Now, Gospel Preaching Live is also put in uh, on Spotify, on Apple, on uh, Amazon Music, Google Podcasts, uh, various platforms for you to be able to download and listen to at your convenience. Now, if you uh, don't see it on the platform that you use, drop me a note and I'll try to get us on so that you can listen there as well. I do want to plug an internet show called Brilliant Spirits. It's a show with me and two other preachers where we talk about different topics of the Bible uh, each week. And that comes on Facebook and YouTube every Thursday morning at 10 a.m. Central Time, and you're more than uh, welcome to take part in it by going to carneychurch.com and pressing on the Berean Spirits app. 
And then you can leave comments in the comment section on Facebook and YouTube. And we'll try to use your comments on the show if we find that they're applicable. Uh, Berean Spirits is also published on those podcast platforms that I mentioned earlier. Again, if you don't see it on the one that you're on, let me know and we'll try to get on that as soon as we can. Okay, that's all I have for you today. Remember, this is the day the Lord has made. Let's rejoice in it and be glad. This has been Gospel Preaching Live. Join us each week as truth is taught, faith is examined, and beliefs are challenged. Be sure and hit the like button so you can be notified of future episodes. And to watch past episodes, go to our website, carneychurch.com. This has been a work of the Carney Church of Christ.